If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Star Wars 7x7, episode 739. Today it's our official review of Aftermath Life Debt, the new novel by Chuck Wendig. It's the second novel in the Aftermath trilogy, and it starts to chronicle the events of the fledgling New Republic soon after the events of Return of the Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliffe from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are recording this podcast from an apartment over a pub in Dublin, Ireland, and you may be able to hear seagulls chirping in the background, or possibly street sweepers go by, or something to that effect. It's a very city-like atmosphere, which, you know, being in Dublin, you would expect that. And it's a sharp contrast to where we recorded the podcast yesterday, which was in a bed and breakfast at Dingle, Ireland. That's in the southwest coast of Ireland, and that is also nearby where they did some filming for Episode 8. Sets have been struck, and we did do some exploring there, but could not find any relics or other evidence of the folks hanging out in Dingle. We actually checked out the uh, Foxy John's pub where they supposedly had their rap party, but they do not have the same sort of foo that the bridge bar in Port McGee did. So, you know, what are you going to do? We were there, we looked, it wasn't there. So, <laughs> such is life. Anyway, we're going to be posting episodes from Dublin, Ireland for the next couple, and tomorrow, Wednesday, we are actually transferring the entire family to London, England, of course, and gearing up for Celebration Europe at that point. That's going to be exciting beyond measure, of course, but in the meantime, we have some business to attend to, which is the review of Aftermath Life Debt by Chuck Wendig. Now, let's be honest here. If you're going to call a novel Life Debt, you're immediately going to put the relationship between Han and Chewie in people's minds. And... I knew about as much as you do going into the novel, which is that there were two excerpts that were released before I got a hold of the review copy of the novel, and there's been a third, of course, released since then. The two excerpts that were out were the one where Nora Wexley and team are on some planet that you don't know the name of at the time, and Han Solo shows up at the end of that excerpt. And then the second excerpt has to deal do with... Um, Oh gosh, what was it? The Mashable excerpt with uh, Leia feeling Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo connecting with him through the Force in her womb. And so the third one, which is Maz Kanata's uh, return and all that, that was not available yet, but that's okay. Anyway, the point is, if you're going to call a novel life debt, you're going to immediately be putting Han and Chewie's relationship in people's brains, and that's what they're going to be expecting. And that is not what you get for a good chunk of this book. 
And that to me was really frustrating. And I'm mentioning it to you not to give you any spoilers, but just to set your expectations ahead of time. Because I feel like if I had known that in advance, I would have read the book and enjoyed it a bit more. Because ultimately, what ended up happening with me was this. I understand logically that the whole thing about the Star Wars universe right now is giving us a taste of the familiar characters that we know and love, but also building up new characters that we can get invested in as well. And that's where the whole Nora Wexley and her team come in. Nora Wexley being, of course, the mother of Temin Snap Wexley. Snap Wexley played by Greg Grunberg in The Force Awakens. And the rest of her team, Sinjir and Jazz and Mr. Bones, the robot that Temin builds, and so on and so forth. And yeah, we're supposed to care about them and also get invested in Ray Sloan, who shows up again and is now a Grand Admiral in this novel she's been promoted. So we get a lot of stuff about them as well. And rightly so, rightly so. We're supposed to get that because, again, this is what the novel is supposed to do. This is what the new expanded universe is supposed to do. It's supposed to develop these new characters for us. Now, I read the novel in a comparative gulp. I actually didn't get a hold of it until about a week ago, and we've been on the fly, as you well know. We've been in Dublin and Galway and Doolin and Ballinskelligs and Port McGee and Dingle and now back to Dublin, and I've been trying to grab a hold of the book in pieces here and there in between this wonderful, incredible trip of a lifetime that we've been having. And I finally ended up consuming the back half of the novel on a Saturday night in Dingle when the rest of the family was passed out in the B&B. And once Han Solo shows up on the page, the events of the book really start to get moving. Not to say that they're slow leading up to it, but there is a strong sense of, come on, where's Han, where's Chewie, and that thread sort of runs through your brain as you're reading it until you finally get Han Solo showing up in the novel on a significant basis. So finishing the novel on Saturday gave me a couple of days to sit with it. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to do that because the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've come to realize that Life Dead is actually a very apt title for the book because it isn't just about the life debt between Han and Chewie. And even when you think about it, it's not even appropriate for the situation that Han and Chewie find themselves in in the situation, really. I mean, the life debt is the debt that Chewie owes to Han, but this debt actually goes a lot deeper and it involves Han and the debt that he has accrued over the years toward Chewie. But it also talks about the debts that the rest of the characters have accrued in their lives. You've got Nora Wexley trying to balance her duty to the Rebellion slash New Republic with what she believes she owes to her son, Snap Wexley. And you've got Snap dealing with what he believes his mom owes him. You've got the Zabrak bounty hunter, Jazz Amari, and she is dealing with a literal debt, the debts that her aunt owed that were not paid up and got transferred over to her and all the bounty hunting jobs that she's doing to pay off those debts. And she's balancing that against the debt that she feels she owes to the team that she's ended up working with, with Nora and Sinjir and everybody else. And speaking of Sinjir, of course, Sinjir being an Imperial loyalty officer, ex-Imperial loyalty officer, who has done some terrible things in his life and now finds himself doing terrible things for better reasons. And maybe that's helping him balance the scales a bit in his head, but then again, maybe he just wants to stop doing terrible things once and for all, and wouldn't that balance the scales even better? 
And then you have Princess Leia, of course, who ends up being torn between the duty she feels to the New Republic and the duty she feels to Han and to her burgeoning family. And what does she owe to each of those and how does she balance that debt as well? Those things all come up and are addressed in Aftermath Life Debt. And it ends up making for a very rich and rewarding novel after all. And I know there were some folks who were not necessarily happy with Chuck Wendig's writing style as brought to the Star Wars universe in the original Aftermath novel. And I think you'll find that his staccato-ish style delivery is dialed down in Aftermath Life Debt. And quite frankly, I missed that. A little bit. I actually appreciated the change of delivery style, and I like the fact that we get different voices looking into the Star Wars universe, whether it's Claudia Gray's writing style or Chuck Wendig's writing style or John Jackson Miller or anybody else chiming in. Um, maybe not so much Alan Dean Foster. <laughs> that didn't work for me so well, but again, that's just me. Anyway, I think you will find that the staccato-ish style has been dialed back a bit and is definitely a little more elaborated upon, I think, would probably be a good way to put it. But if you were to put me on the spot and ask me which one I like better, the original Aftermath or Aftermath Life Debt, I think I gotta say it's the original Aftermath, as much as I hate to admit that. And as much as there were... There was more involvement from original trilogy characters in Life Debt, and yet I think there was something about Aftermath that I just liked better. I think I liked the broader scope of the novel, and it seems funny to say that considering that I was telling you earlier that I wasn't necessarily happy that it took so long to see anything of Han and Chewie in the book. But it gave you a broader scope of the galaxy, and it set you up for believing that you were going to see a broader scope of the galaxy as opposed to Life Debt, which didn't set you up for that initially. It set you up for a much closer novel and didn't exactly give you that. It didn't give you what you expected walking into it, or at least what I expected walking into it. But as with the original Aftermath, there are interludes here, not as many as there were in the original Aftermath. And a couple of them actually check in on some of the interludes that we saw in the original Aftermath, which was pretty cool. And they do talk about the state of the galaxy and about the... The tougher questions, there is an interlude that deals with, and this is actually the one with Maz Kanata's one, where you really sort of hear the realities of war in the Star Wars galaxy and what it actually does to people, to civilizations. And it doesn't necessarily matter whether you're the good guys or the bad guys. Some of the effects are actually the same. And that added a level of complexity to the whole affair that I appreciated. In fact, the novel itself is definitely not painting the Star Wars galaxy in clear blacks and whites. It is absolutely giving you a thorough and nuanced look at the events of the Star Wars galaxy. And that I really appreciate as well. So, ultimately, there's a lot to like about Aftermath Life Debt by Chuck Wendig. It is a good read. It's an enjoyable read, for sure. The only thing I would have said is that if I had had my expectations set differently approaching the novel, I probably would have enjoyed it more on the first read. But I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it a lot more on the second read also. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about Life Debt once you've had a chance to read it. Please do share them in the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. If you had to name an iconic special effect from the Star Wars movies, holograms would jump instantly to mind. 
And the moment Princess Leia appeared in R2-D2's very sneakily done Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope hologram, everybody has been captivated and transported by the mystery of the technology as well as the mystery of the story it told. That's why I want you to check out SW7x7.com slash hologram to see what Zebra Imaging created with the R2-D2 and Princess Leia scene as well as their other holograms as well. It's almost as good as having the real thing right in your home. One more time, that's SW7x7.com slash hologram to see it for yourself. All right, time for a trivia question for you. I don't know what to do! Last time we asked you how many bloody fingerprint smears were left on Finn's helmet, and that's three. Today's question, what is the first order, pun intended, that Captain Phasma gives to Finn once they've arrived back on the Star Destroyer? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you force choke your captain, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not an apology, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.